Concepts for Living. Welcome to Concepts for Living. Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. Concepts for Living can change your life today. Hi, welcome again to Concepts for Living. Biblical principles for contemporary living. You know, the Bible says that these last days would be precarious and perilous. We're in the midst of it right now. Desperate times. Therefore, my theme for this message, desperate times call for desperate measures. Stay tuned and be encouraged. There's so much timeless and relevant truth in this scope of Scripture. Information, if you please, to aid us in our contemporary living. Our present day challenges, our personal struggles, and our individual desperations <clears throat> all to be found here in this scope of scripture is what we would need to be able to overcome whatever we are facing in these desperate times permit me to lift out a few of those facts and I hope you'll be able to latch on to something that will help you to make it through. Because whether you want to accept it or not, everybody is going through something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I say everybody is going through something. One of the facts that's very clear in the outset is that the enemy comes in like a flood. That which will overwhelm you if you're not careful, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have some, I would have to say, way of overcoming. Enemy attacks. I said enemy attacks. Or we can shout and dance and have a good time. But don't you forget that the enemy never takes a vacation. You can be assured, my brothers and my sisters, in the midst of it all, the enemy is always on the attack. His attacks are incessant and relentless. In fact, he'll take the time to suit a particular kind of attack. That's why you go through some things I have not been through. That's why I'm going through some stuff you haven't been through. Because the devil tends to customize his attacks on us according to who we are, where we are, 
God's plan and purpose for our lives, those who don't even know God's plan and purpose for their lives. He knows how to customize his attacks. Say the enemy is on the attack. Now, I'm not here to glorify him. I'm just here to recognize him. He engages in his military maneuvers. Point one, the maneuvers. The way that Satan comes against God's people. As he did against Israel in this text. The Israelites were always being challenged and attacked by their arch enemy, the Assyrians. Always. In this case, they are under Ben-Hadadad. And he is not only relentless, he's ruthless. He doesn't care about people. He wants power. He doesn't care about your good intentions. He just wants to destroy you so that he will not have anything in opposition to him in any degree. Thus, the constant and relentless attacks from the enemy. (laughs) In fact, some of his attacks were so relentless And yet, they tended not to meet the target. That's why somebody ought to say amen. Amen. You know why? Because you made it through this week. I'm not talking about last week or last month or last year. But I said you made it through to where you are today. You didn't get through just because I decided to just pursue it. No. But because you were able to escape an attack, an attack on your mind, attack on your spirit, attack on your body, you are here this morning because Ben Hadadad had to recognize that every time he would lay a plan to attack Israel, Everything is laid out. Everybody in position. Strategy intact. He would discover when he got there, they're not there. What's going on? Happened once, happened twice, happened several times. And so now he begins to feel as though there is an enemy in the camp. Somebody on the inside is telling them on the outside what I'm planning to do. And that's why they are getting through. (laughs) My, if we could just be privileged to see how God our Father fights our battles for us. (laughs) How he catches some things so they don't reach you. How he maneuvers you into a certain position and you get mad because this is not where I want to be. This is not what I asked for. This is not my place. But you don't know he did some maneuvering to get you out of harm's way. 
but you want to stay in the way. But thanks be to God that every time he would pull his trick, the prophet Elisha would go to the king of Israel and say, now look, Ben-Hadadad has got this plan. I suggest instead of you going in that place, go over there. Instead of doing this, do that. So his plans were being divulged. And as his plans were being divulged, he got more angry, 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 and wanted to know where's this happening from, whatever. And then finally he discovers that it's with the prophet Elisha. Oh, I love Elisha. I love Elisha because I know where Elijah started from. He's just a farmer. But God put his hand on his life with an anointing. Well, he's plowing, not knowing, here comes Elijah. And all he does is cast his mantle on him. No long, big, no big meeting. Just, and he left all of that to follow Elijah. You know the story. Elisha, see, you can appreciate where people are if you understood where they come from. See, a lot of folks you see sitting up here today, you don't know what they came through. You didn't know what they had to leave. You don't know how God worked to get them where they are today. That's why whether you like it or not, whether you know their name or not, you ought to look across on your pew and just give God some glory and praise that somebody else made it through. Because the enemy wanted you to... He want to take you out. You know, we always have three points to our messages. Number one, the maneuvers. Number two, the manipulation. And number three, the mandate. Stay tuned. Be informed. Be encouraged. My God, God's going to manipulate the situation that was the enemy's maneuvering. (laughs) So then in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, you're going to see, but in light, now wait a minute, we're going to do it this way. Have you seen? We're going to do it this way. Just so you can see the See, see the augmentation and see the, see, see the contrasting. Watch this, watch this. Say, this, this, they're blaming God now. It's saying this trouble that we're going through in Samaria is from the Lord. So why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Get that. Here's verse 1 of chapter 7. But Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, a seed of fine flour shall be sold for a shackle. And two, watch this now, seeds of barley for a shackle. At the gate of Samaria. Wow. When I read that, I said, Lord, look at that. What he is saying is, 
I don't believe God cares about us. I don't believe I should be waiting on God to show up. I don't believe that. I'm not waiting any longer. But then Elisha, they were saying that because what the Assyrians had done in their warfare and maneuvering was to try to starve Samaria out. So they cut off the supplies of flour and barley, the staples. And they put a price on it so high that the people would not be able to afford it. So since they can't buy it, they can't eat it. We'll starve them out. In the Ukraine war recently, there was a city that was clearly said to be having their supplies cut off to starve them out. In your time, my time, in the Ukraine. The devil wanted to get them so dependent on what they had relied on so long that he takes that away to think that they're going to now turn their back on God. I want to ask you something. If God took away everything he gave you at this point, could you still worship him? Love him? Serve him? After he has taken everything you have? know a man his name is Joe who lost everything he had but don't forget God introduced him to the devil and God said have you considered my servant Joe you know what happened Job hung in there so, so everybody right now who is questioning the authenticity of your relationship with God based on things, based on your supplies, based on your abilities, based on this and based on that and based on the other, I want you to let the devil know today. Amen. If he takes everything, I still serve him. I still worship him. I still glorify it. I still magnify it. I still, oh, if I got to wear the same suit every day, it's the only one I've got. I'm still going to serve him. Same dress, still going to serve him. I had, had, had to hitch a ride to come to church. I'm still going to serve him. I want that kind of worship. I want that kind of worshiper who's not worshiping him just because of what he gave you, just because of how he's treating you. Oh, my God, just because you're on the top of the mountain, but you can worship him and you don't have anything. Nothing, nothing, but I have a worshiping spirit. Well, I sincerely trust that you have been blessed with this word, that you indeed will be able to employ desperate measures 
in these desperate times. God is able to sustain you in the midst of it all. And remember, goodness and mercy is following you. You're going to come out more than a conqueror. Therefore, trust that until next time, and we shall come to you with more biblical principles for contemporary living, that you indeed will know what it means in these desperate times to employ desperate measures. Concepts to live Concepts to live